Yes, we're here. We're live. I think I hit all the right buttons this time. I don't know. I'm I'm not as good at any of this as Kristen is, but it looks we like did we're it. live. I, we we did it, and we're like exactly on time. Look at that, four thirty on the dot. Alex, nice. I don't know if that's ever happened before. I'm going to count it as a win. Any other uh, fumbles or dangle clacks that happened during this stream don't count now because we showed up perfectly on time. Yeah, that's the rules. That Those are the rules. Welcome, everyone, to Casa Live. We are here. It is officially Saturday. We made it. We're live. We're doing the darn thing. I see some familiar faces in chat already. Fa of the QT. Ube family, uh, Adrian, Fishy, Addy, welcome everyone. Welcome uh, everybody who's here with us today. And also thank you to the replay crew out there tuning in later, catching all of this uh, juicy THR news goodness that Alex and I, I guess, are going to talk about today. I don't know. I don't really know what our full agenda is today. Alex and I are just, we're flying by the seat of our pants and we're going to have a wonderful discussion about civil disobedience and Sticking it to the government, sticking it to the man, Alex, <laughs> sticking it to the man for all the right reasons and maybe some of the wrong ones. Who knows? We'll get into that in just a little bit. Uh, Alex, at the end of the hour, uh, you've got some you've got some stuff to talk about. Um, Not really. I, 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 I think we can uh, we can avoid a separate legislative rundown here. I, I, I will say if you live in Maine, Louisiana, Alabama, um, there are active calls to action up for your state. So definitely go check those out. Um, but yeah, there's, there's, it's, the there's nothing like stuff. crazy new that we need a whole separate segment for today. Yeah. Nothing new. I, you know, it's chaos in, in Louisiana, sure. I think. And, um, and Maine is looking at a flavor ban, which, you know, goes kind of right into what we're talking about today. So, sure. yeah. um, I don't know if we need to run a bumper for it just to break I can. things up. Do you want me to? I yeah, can do, do the do the deep dive thing. Ooh, you want to dive deep into let's, civil let's, disobedience? Let's, dive deep. let's do it. All right, civil disobedience. Let's flip cop cars, burn buildings, pure anarchy. No, that's not what we're gonna do. Uh, but we are gonna talk about some civil disobedience. So I'm gonna let Alex kind of start this uh, discussion off because this this topic idea today. It's kind of like your brainchild. This is something that you've kind of been sitting with for a while and you wanted to talk about. So, well, I, I mean, honestly, I think we're all kind of sitting with it. We're all dealing with it, um, depending sure. on what state you're in. But I mean, even if you're in a state that hasn't taken extreme actions like New York or Massachusetts or California or New Jersey or what Maine is contemplating, um, you know, you're still kind of living under you know fda regulations which means that most likely some any of the open system products that you're buying um are likely to be uh prohibited by by fda rules so um to some extent everybody in the united states is dealing with this and i think <clears throat> well the the impetus impetus for doing this topic today was uh you know the within the past week um, FDA has uh, conducted a what they're calling a nationwide blitz on retailers. And I'm looking at uh, there were 30 retailers that were issued um, warning letters. Um, so they definitely got coast to coast and points in the middle, uh, even uh, a shop in, in uh, Frederickstead, Virgin Islands, 
um, got pinched for uh, selling puff puff plus banana papaya. Um, and it's it, interesting, of course, that all of the products that are cited here are either puff or hide brands. Um, and uh, we got a couple in New York. So anyway, this 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 and uh, I guess the week prior FDA, um, uh, I guess issuing I, I don't know I can't remember what it's called but um, essentially it, directing customs to seize anything that is hide or puff bar um, and and they do this in a way it's very specific the brands that they're looking for so I mean there's you know a hundred other. I'm, I'm just picking a number out of the out of the air I'm sure here. i'm sure there's more than 100 other uh brands of disposable products that are that are coming in yeah and they're just they're not on the list and so this will continue most and, of them didn't exist last week you know right yeah That's i mean this the reality is, of it too is this is this is the whack-a-mole that fda yeah. is playing um and of course that that game continues down at the state and municipal level. And so, mm -hmm. um, you know, whenever we talk about illicit markets or, you know, people buying products on the underground market, um, the, the motivations for why someone sells on an illicit market always is, is the topic to, to discuss. And so, you know, we, we as an CASA has been talking about this for a few years now, several before the pandemic, um, notably, uh, you know, a Jim McDonald testified in, in Michigan, um, in response to a, a, a proposed flavor ban. And, uh, one of the points that, that Casa made was, um, you know, people that the state would then be going after for continuing to sell these products are doing this. Uh, I, the, the words were, you know, out of self-defense. Um, but it, you know, I, I, I think there's a more accurate way to put that in that, you know, you have retailers who want to continue serving their customers because mm -hmm. they know that these are the products that help them stop smoking. And yeah. that this is, this is the retailer for all intents and purposes, actually being responsible and looking after the people that, that have made their business a success. And, um, and I see we have Mark Sliss in the chat here. Uh, Mark Sliss runs a, a vape shop in the UP of, of Michigan and, and, um, and and continues to 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 help people quit smoking. It's probably done more to help people quit smoking in Michigan than you know public health authorities. Even though I'm sure they can point to all the effort they put into their their shame and blame campaigns, people like Mark Sliss are actually supporting people. And yeah, so, yeah. when it comes Mark to and Bernie, Bernie has helped more people right. quit smoking than the vast majority of people that I know in this yeah. community. And that's not a, that's not a slight at any of us who've helped people quit smoking, but that dog deserves an award for the amount of people that they have helped quit smoking. Yeah. So yeah. huge shout out to Bernie and Mark. So it, you know, this, this gets into, you know, I think it's, it's fair to kind of divide up, uh, you know, the people who are selling and I don't know, you know, which way this breaks, if it's 50%, 40, 60, whatever percentage of people still selling products. Um, but there is a division here where you have some people who are just taking advantage of the situation and they're, you know, they can charge a premium for taking that risk of selling an, an illegal product and still compete with the price of other tobacco products. Um, and then, you know, so th they're the people who are kind of going to, they're likely to sort of dip in and out of, of the market or dip sure. in and out of a particular region or state and move on to the next one. And then you have people like Mark Sliss who are 
continuing to just support their customers, supporting people yeah. who want to quit smoking. Um, and I mean, so that's, that's been, uh, you know, I, I guess the, the industry is, you know, we talk about the independent vapor industry since the beginning, there have been so many people who've gotten into this, uh, to help their communities, to help, you know, their friends, their families, uh, and so on and such forth quit smoking. And there were people who got into this industry because they saw that it was a growing industry. There was money to be made here. And that was it. So, I mean, since the dawn, you can look at any industry, regardless of what you're talking about. There are people who do what they do for good moral reasons. And there are people who do what they do purely for financial reasons. So, I mean, it doesn't, that separation doesn't necessarily change. You know what I mean? It's yeah. So I, you know, we're sort of going order. I'll just try to and what what you're talking to mention uh fasting star channel number five or chanel sorry i can't type chanel number five um uh talking about how there's still 7-elevens in mini marts in uh in southern california that are selling flavored vapes and we've i've i've i'm aware of this in in my town all the way up in the tippy top of new york state i'm sure you've seen it logan um, but you know, when it comes to retailers selling things under the table or, you know, essentially selling illicit products, um, one of the things that we've talked about in the past that I, I definitely want to maybe start off with is what, what should people be concerned about in terms of the safety of these products? Because they're, you know, they're not regulated. We don't know what's in it. You don't know where it's coming from. Sure. Um, and, and stuff like that. I, I'm sort of curious. You still vape. I, I just use snooze. Um, but, you know, what has your experience been with that and, and your thoughts on sort of the the panic that people are trying to I think to, to promote here about using yeah. a product that is, is manufactured and sold you against know, FDA regulations? I, I, I felt this way for about a minute at one point, too. Uh, and I'm, I'm just going to thank Jim for checking me because that's you know, I, I kind of, for a minute, my, my focus went to what do I know about illicit markets in general and my involvement in them uh, and the risks that you take when you buy substances, regardless of what that is on, on the illicit market. Um, and, and you don't know what's in it. You don't know purity, all these things, massive reasons for why we're in the, the, uh, the overdose crisis that we're in right now. Um, but we'll take a step back from that because a, this industry was, you know, fairly unregulated for a long time. Uh, and we were fine. Uh, people mixed in-house liquids for a really long time. We were fine. Uh, and the beauty of vaping is that these products are so simple. So there's, there's not much of a financial reason uh, to diverge from the things that work that are also highly affordable. So when you're buying a disposable, I think one of the biggest risks is uh, the actual electronic components of it, mm -hmm. regardless of the the liquid that's inside, because there's a 99.9% chance or greater than that, that it's still just flavoring, nicotine, propylene glycol, vegetable glycerin. There's no real reason for anyone to diverge from those four ingredients. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that there isn't maybe some of the flavorants or, or whatnot, um, aromatics, I guess is the, the, the better term here. Um, that may carry more risk than others because there certainly are aromatics that do carry a little bit more risk than other aromatics do the grand scheme of those things 
is that it's all still going to be safer than smoking. So we'll keep that part of it in perspective. I think one of the biggest things that people do need to be concerned with is the actual electric, the electronic components that, you know, we're talking about, whether there's good solders, things like that, that there are any, um, I don't know, uh, safety uh, things put in place here. So your device doesn't start auto firing to the point where that lithium cell on the inside is going to go into thermal runaway, things like that. Those are my concerns with a lot of these like fly by night e-cigarette companies. Those are my concerns. It's not, it's not necessarily the actual vapor or the liquid that you're, you're going to be inhaling into your lungs, because again, there's really not much of a reason for anyone to do anything different. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. There's really nothing out there that's going to cost less and work just as well or better. Like the, you know what I mean? The, the industry design, like we found the greatest components to do this with that you can arguably come up with because the cost is so low, it works so well. There's, there's just not much of an incentive there, but I, I did kind of go down that road for a minute as well. Just, kind of falling on my my experience with illicit markets and Jim really was the one you know Jim who's part of our board and um, just fantastic writer and everything he's the one that was like Logan no like here's this is this is the reality of it and I was like you're right man like there's why would I why would I think otherwise you know Jim Jim really checked me so I want to thank him for that because I felt the same way too um, but I still personally think arguably if there is any things to be concerned with it's the actual electronic components so if you are buying kind of under the counter you know generic fly by night weird named vape products that you are very unfamiliar with just you know just keep an eye on them uh sure the metals things like that um or what they're using as a foam possibly as well so yeah, there are some risks, but I, I think the the liquid in question as to what you're you're breathing in for the most part is is not necessarily the bigger concern here. Um, and I don't I don't really again uh, improper metals, cheap metals, sure, uh, you know, less pure uh, metals and heating components um, that that's a risk as well. I still think at the end of the day, though, the chances of any of these things uh, being nearly as dangerous to your health or risky to your health as continuing to smoke a pack of cigarettes a day, I think is very unlikely. So again, it's just, I think it's something that we need to keep kind of in that perspective as well. But I do agree with a, a lot of the comments in chat here, you know, the coils, wicks, um, and juice they use in disposables are questionable, questionable, sure. Um, coils and wicks, a lot of them just simply use a foam, um, so it's really not even like a wick, but at the same time, this is the same community that used to stick blue aquarium foam down into our atomizers uh, and debridge them. So again, perspective, keep that in mind. Um, risks associated with improper metals that may be used for the coils in an illicit market. Yes, but at the end of the day, you know, spools of nichrome and, and canthal are extremely inexpensive. So if we're if we're going down that road, you're just talking about lower quality canthal than good quality canthal. Uh, again, risk comparison to continuing to smoking is probably not that much. So 
I just, you know, it, it's one of those areas where I do agree. And I think there is reason to be concerned with it. I think we just need to keep those things into, you know, in, in good perspective and not roll down the moral panic hill where we're going to end up freaking out that every disposable that comes into the state is just loaded with car fentanyl and every, you know, white kid in suburbia is going to die. Like we don't need to go down that road because there might be low quality canthal in your disposable. I'm, I'm sort of curious, you know, so, you know, another thing to talk about, first of all, I, you know, with your point about the, the components and the, the stuff that actually makes up the device uh, and, and, and the quality of those products, I know that, you know, pre pre pandemic, um, you know, VTA, the Vapor Technology Association had a, a conference in DC. And um, one of the um, kind of highlights, I guess, was this, you know, presentation, or, or it was one of the things that was in kind of the swag bag um, was uh, an 18650 battery that Radio Shack had had made. And uh, it was it had some sort of, you know, fault protection in it. Um, and, uh, you know, the point was, uh, that if the regulations were, um, were better then companies would be more, it would be easier for companies to make safety improvements, for example, using safer batteries. Um, but the way that things are now, uh, that again, like anything else will take you know, millions of dollars in, in research and, and development and, and putting together an application and explaining to FDA that, oh, we need to use this battery instead of the other one for, for safety reasons. Um, sure. And so, you know, there's, there's certainly a comment there about how the regulations can be more yeah, um, I mean the, accessible the, to, know, to manufacturers. Froze, quote unquote, froze right. a lot of innovation. Yeah. I think at the time they did, but we've kind of moved past that, yeah. um, you know, in general. But yeah, and this this comes back to the argument that in, instead of, you know, all of the the bureaucratic red tape and freezing the market and deeming regs and everything, you know, the the PMTA process, all of the the hubbubaloo that we're in the middle of right now, I really wanted to use a stronger word there, but I won't, Julie. Um, you know, this really comes back to uh, yeah, exactly. NorCal vaping uh, manufacturing standards would have been the most appropriate route to go. For both devices uh, and and e-liquid, in general, manufacturing and product safety standards would have eliminated these concerns, or at least maybe not eliminated because you can't you know necessarily eliminate everything, but um, dramatically reduced these concerns that people have. So the 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 thing that I sort of cut myself off with was you know again to to what you were talking about is is adding things to the liquid. Uh, and, and this would be a cost cutting exercise. Usually that's, that's what, you know, illicit manufacturers well, that's, that's do. That's what we saw with the Valley. That's what we saw with the Valley and um, sorry, the lung injury cases from 2019. Yeah. yeah. Throw in all those extra words. Cause that E thing, that, that name is total yeah. dog shit. Um, <clears throat> so uh, we had. Uh, Does see. that mean I can swear now too? <laughs> um, I, I'm going to say that bullshit or dog shit are, okay. are technical terms. And so they are allowed on this program. Um, <laughs> um, but I, I guess this is a few I weeks won't ago. Uh, uh, May 18th, there was an op ed by former HHS Secretary Tom Price uh, on the, uh, the Fox News website. Um, 
so take it with a grain of salt. But obviously, you know, this is a there's there's been a, a movement on the right to uh, induce some China phobia here um, and, cool. and and get some. You know, I'm not going <laughs> to talk shocker. about. Yeah, I'm not going to get into the the merits one way or another about it. But um, you know, it's always unfortunate when we see people who are otherwise uh, could be considered allies and, and certainly acknowledge the harm reduction uh, aspects of, of vapor products. Um, notice I didn't use the word potential there, um, uh, but uh, and then sort of turning around and, and feeding into the fentanyl hysteria in saying without reference to any specific report that reports um, suggest that uh, China is not only boosting levels of, of nicotine content, but uh, adding fentanyl or maybe adding fentanyl to vapor products. Um, I don't know that we've, I mean, we've seen reports from sheriff's departments, um, which are, the, 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 to, to me, that's, it's hard to take that with a lot of credibility, considering that a lot of law enforcement agencies seem more inclined to promote the drug war uh, than they are in, in, in protecting public health and safety. Um, but um, I, I don't know. I mean, have you actually seen any credible reports of, of fentanyl ending up in, in what someone thinks is a nicotine product? No. And, no. and even if it did, you know, I think uh, this is and I'm I'm really just basing my thoughts on this off of uh, a, a Twitter post from Ryan Marino several months ago uh, saying that. Uh, and again, this is not something I've seen reports about. So if anybody's out there who has seen a write-up or, or some sort of journal article or, or otherwise about um, fentanyl vaping as harm reduction. Uh, I'm, I'm curious to read about that. Uh, there are obvious benefits to, I mean, this is not something that someone would buy, you know, it's not somebody buying a puff bar or a jewel and then finding sure, out later those, that it's those products are not going to achieve the heat that it, that it requires to reach the boiling point for fentanyl. Um, and yeah, I think th these, these are, these are products that would be specifically used for, for fentanyl. Um, yes. and then of course you, you, there is some obvious harm reduction aspects here where you're, you're not dealing with an, an injection. Uh, sure. And so there's they've done away with needle sharing or or, or whatever. And then uh, on the other another aspect of this is uh, people have more control over the dosage uh, in that it, it because a lot of the molecule is destroyed in heating it up. So you're yeah. getting a smaller dose. And, and that's you know, this is part of, you know, being an adult and taking drugs that go slow, listen to your body. And, yeah. you know, give, give yourself time. It's good advice for taking, you know, edible THC products is, sure, you know, sure. give it time, man, before you eat the whole cookie and sure. stuff like that. And so there is, I, this is all hearsay at the moment, whether you're talking about fentanyl in nicotine products or, you know, people using fentanyl vaping. Um, as far as I know, these are all just words not backed up by anything written. Yeah. Um, but, I, you know, I think... And a point that I have made to someone who works at a tobacco company is I think it's it's a mistake to jump on the fentanyl hysteria when these products could actually be very important to harm reduction uh, and and the, the 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 drug poisoning crisis that we're facing now. Um, so and, but again, all of that to say, and you've already answered the question was. Um, I don't know that we have credible reports of. Yeah, no, there aren't any, any credible credible reports, and and you're not gonna you're not gonna find you know puff bars and um, you know like jewel pods laced with fentanyl. The devices just 
won't do it. Uh, at most, you may be able to mess up that pod or device enough where you're going to get some fentanyl residue spit back. Mm. Um, but as far as the actual, um, you know, heating of, of the molecule and, and, and inhaling it, um, they're, they're just not designed to do that. Uh, they're not designed to reach that, that high of a boiling point. Uh, so, you know, I want to make the point that no, uh, there is not fentanyl fentanyl in the disposable vapor products that you are buying under the counter at your local 7-Eleven. Uh, that's just not a thing. Um, and we really need to avoid buying into, uh, you know, that that hysteria as well. Uh, really quick, uh, NorCal Vaping said uh, a good example is the foam wick they use in disposables. How well does it hold up to the heat of the coil? Does it break down and release dangerous chemicals? Maybe at some point that foam might break down and release dangerous chemicals, probably long after the liquid is gone. Hmm. Um, so that's kind of the glory of, I, I guess, it being in a disposable is you're not going to continue vaping it at the point at which it would be um, really detrimental to your health. You're going to have to fight through uh, dry puffing for quite a while, which in itself, uh, you're already there releasing, um, you know, uh, more harmful chemicals and whatnot at that point. So I guess the glory there is that it's a disposable and not meant to be used that long. Um, but yeah, as far as the, the whole, the whole fentanyl and vaping thing is, is really just this, this huge, uh, and currently incredibly racist scare tactic that we're seeing, uh, to stoke, you know, Chinese fear, uh, and Chinese hate, um, and to, you know, uh, embolden, um, you know, the drug crusade that we're on against, against fentanyl and, and people who use fentanyl. But yeah, your point about, um, you know, vaporizing and, and using these, I, I guess, a, a different vaporization system, you know, it's not, it's like the difference between, uh, vaping a nicotine vape and using a dry herb vaporizer for cannabis. They are two very different devices. Uh, sure, they heat a product that you inhale. That's pretty much the only similarity that they have besides having a battery. Otherwise, the heating elements are different. The voltages are different. All of those things are different. They're made to do very different things with different products. Um, and as far as, you know, the, the I guess, area of safety or whatever, uh, smoking or vaping, uh, a substance is always going to be less risky uh, than injecting it, not only because of needle sharing, like you mentioned, but also the reuse of needles, uh, people who don't have access to clean needles to use a clean needle every single time. I used to have a really great, <clears throat> excuse me, I could probably find it if I wanted to really dig for it. Um, close up under a microscope image of a needle that was used once a needle, that yeah. same needle used twice, four times and six times. And those needles literally become jagged, barbed hooks. Uh, and this is where things like abscesses come into play um, because you are just tearing apart uh, your skin. You're damaging and destroying veins. Um, and it's, it's just a, it's, it's really not pretty. So when you eliminate that and you go to, uh, you know, vaping a substance or smoking a substance, um, you are taking less of a risk. And yeah, again, also, you're able to kind of moderate or regulate um, your dosage, maybe a little fine tune it a little bit more. Um, but that's not to say that people who aren't experienced drug users, um, aren't able to do that part of the situation or whatever, if they know what they're getting, um, which is also a, a big part of that. Um, but, you, but yeah, great advice though. Go, go, go slow, start low. I'm sort of curious. I mean, if this does catch on and people are thinking about fentanyl and vapes, like, 
you know, the, the problem with disposables is that they're not designed to be open. So how, how does someone test with a test strip, a fentanyl test strip? Um, the, yeah, I, the, yeah, I don't the, think you would be able to, you wouldn't be able to, cause a, a fentanyl test strip, um, you essentially need a, a small amount of, um, a powder, something that you can dissolve in a small amount of water. And that's how you, you test with a fentanyl test strip. You would need to dissolve it uh, in a solution and then essentially let that test strip wick uh, that, that solution up into it. Um, and, and I don't, I don't believe any of this either. This is, this is like decades of, of just there. We don't, they're not lacing all the pot with opium Chanel number five. That's not a thing. I know I, somebody recently kind of refuted that, that there is actually no, no real evidence that marijuana has been. Again, uh, the, the, you know, when we combust something, um, which this is the reason why people say smoking crack, you don't smoke crack, you actually vaporize crack. Um, mm -hmm. Because when you, when you put a flame and combustion happens at 2000 degrees um, onto, you know, cannabis or whatever. A lot of those, a lot of those other drugs just don't stand up to the heat. So even if you are getting any of it at all, it would be at such small amounts. It's just not worth it. There's, there's way better ways to use those drugs than to, to dust it on some, some, you know, I don't know, sour diesel or something like it's, it's just not a, it's just not a thing. I mean, sure. I... It may happen once in a while in a great blue moon. Like I've watched people dust their own pot with cocaine and get nothing out of it. You know, sure. Does it happen? Yes. Does it happen in any grand scale where we in the public need to be concerned and does it work very well? No. Yeah. Well, I, you know, and, and to the, to the continuing comment, I, I, I don't want to dismiss reports of, of people getting tainted drugs. We know it's happening. Sure. Um, but sure. uh, it's just very you know, infrequent it, when it comes to cannabis, just because yeah, it, and it, it doesn't it's work still, very well. Um, you know, there's some chemistry involved here. There, yeah. There's some, some stuff involved that, uh, um, so anyway, and, and, you know, unfortunately I, I think, and this is um, part of this conversation is that, you know, it's, it is, it's, it's, it's very difficult to trust uh, law enforcement who are being asked about what's going on and, and treated as the primary source. I know it, it, I know people probably have varying opinions about John Oliver and um, some of the other folks out there, but um, you know, I know people have looked into the credibility of um, reports about this and, and journalists who are using as a primary source, the, you know, local law enforcement versus people who were actually there people who yeah. may be involved with this stuff. So um, it, it's, it's very hard to trust what we're hearing from, from law enforcement on yeah, this, we really just need on, to on the whole drug about, issue, about whether it's nicotine or something else. Yeah. Yeah. And you hear reports about uh, cops fainting, uh, rapid heartbeats, uh, you know, sweating, all of these things from dusting some fentanyl off of their, their jacket. Uh, you know, a skin contact doesn't work that quickly uh, with fentanyl. Uh, it just doesn't. That's, that's not how the science works. Uh, and 90% of these symptoms that you hear that police are having, and they had to take seven doses of Narcan in order to wake up. And I've heard reports from police officers saying that they had to self-administer Narcan, which isn't a thing. If you're actually experiencing an opioid overdose, you're not able to self-administer Narcan. Um, but most of these are symptoms of a, of a panic attack. Uh, these are not respiratory depression. Uh, this is not, these, these aren't, these aren't opioid 
uh, overdose symptoms. Uh, and it's, it's just, it's really, um, it's really absurd and it's really disheartening to see the people who are sworn in to serve and protect us uh, lie and mislead and put more people at, at greater risk, especially when it crosses over to, you know, I've heard reports of EMTs being so scared to get in and administer Narcan to somebody experiencing an overdose um, because they were afraid of, of skin contact. Uh, with that substance. And when you when you have somebody, an EMT, who's who's meant to, you know, get right there and, and every second literally counts when it comes to somebody experiencing an overdose who um, has been misled and lied to and is now in a state of fear from saving that person's life. Um, that's that's just heart wrenching to me. That's just that's just devastating. You know, there's a there's a there's two doses of Narcan in my lunch bag that I carry with me every single day. Uh, and I there's no hesitation in my mind as to whether or not I would, I would, you know, get to somebody and use, use that, um, you know, and, and obviously Narcan isn't, <clears throat> Narcan is just the first step, you know, no, no one yeah. learns CPR, uh, know the risks, um, and obviously still call 911. But yeah, it's, uh, it's just the misinformation involving fentanyl and all of this stuff right now is absolutely crazy. And it's, yeah. it's heartbreaking and people are dying. Uh, yeah. And, and, and to, uh, to throw a, a larger point in here, you know, this, this all goes to the erosion of credibility. I mean, we've just sort of demonstrated the erosion of trust of, with law enforcement, but you know, these are, these are talking points that are being picked up by, you know, former officials at HHS, obviously, uh, certainly members of Congress have been, you know, bandying these points about, um, not just this year, but it, it's, it's ramping up. Um, of course, all the threats of, you know, the, the border policy issues, um, you know, apparently fentanyl is just pouring over the border, the southern border now, um, all of these things. And, and when that is not happening, uh, you know, ultimately people lose trust in, 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 in leaders, people who are supposed to be leaders. Sure. Um, and, you know, to try my best to weave that back into, you know, the illicit market. Um, you know, we had a, a quote at the top of the hour, actually, um, I'm going to scroll all the way back up here. Um, and I mean, uh, you know, uh, of the QT Ube family, um, noted that there was a <laughs> I shot. I love Ube so much, by the way. I don't know if <laughs> anybody knows what Ube is, but it's like a purple sweet potato and they're delicious. Nice. Um, but noting that there was a, a shop in Massachusetts, I guess, near, near this person, uh, that stayed open in, uh, uh, 2019 during the ban, um, but they eventually got ratted out. And of course, taking this back to Massachusetts, uh, we know that Massachusetts flavor ban really just benefited New Hampshire the most. Uh, and and uh, it was Reason Foundation published a report uh, showing that smoking prevalence actually went up in certain groups. Um, and so uh, again, you know, this is another thing that erodes the credibility of of, of lawmakers and 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 the government. Uh, always question the government, of course, but we should be able to have some confidence that they are working in our best interest. After all, that's where our money goes. Uh, and so, um, <laughs> you know, we, we have seen time and again in states that have prohibited sales of vapor of flavored products, people just keep buying them. And yeah. so I, I wanted to ask you, because again, I don't, I don't vape anymore. So, but even if I did, I know where I could buy these things. Um, what has been your experience with going to, for example, uh, a reservation and, and continuing to buy flavored products in New York state? A, my experience has been fantastic. Um, 
I'm also very fortunate that I live very close to a reservation. Um, and you know, it's, it's, I'm always as respectful as I can be. And, and we, we tip the bud tenders there and stuff like that as well. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's essentially at least where we go, uh, is really no different than, than walking into the, the once great shops that were here, uh, in the city before that. Um, Almost all of the same identical products that were sold uh, where I used to go uh, are sold there. Uh, there is a much lower selection of devices, but still walls of liquid. Um, there are walls and walls of disposables. Uh, the, the products that have been prohibited from entering our country, um, there are walls of those. Um, but yeah, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a cash-only situation, and... Um, you know, my experience is, is, is always great. There's a lot of, especially where we go, there's a lot of really knowledgeable staff there. They're very helpful, very friendly. Um, you know, and I'm in there all the time cause I lose a pod or break a pod or whatever. Cause I stopped bringing, uh, expensive devices to my landscaping dirty job that I do. Um, so I've, I'm always losing pods or breaking pods or something like that. And, you know, they're really, they're really great and they're really helpful up there. And, and I think that's a, a great example of of this kind of civil disobedience that's happening, but in a in a really great way. Um, you know, you, you think of like people like, you know, the 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 dirty people selling stuff under the counter and this illicit horrible black market and all of this, like, but it's not. It's just a beautiful, well taken care of clean shop, um, with really great, wonderful, helpful staff who just want to help people uh quit smoking and and that's it you know and i've i've sat in there plenty of times um looking around and listening to conversations like i used to do in my old babe shop um with some of these folks who are coming in and trying to quit smoking for the first time and they're they're just it's it's that same exchange of like well how much do you smoke what do you you know what things do you like maybe are you a big fan of fruits do you like drinks are you do you like cakes and like those same conversations that were happening in the vape shops I used to visit in state are still happening there. You know, um, I feel like Mark's list would, would feel right at home and be just as proud of every single one of those people in there helping people quit. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, that's really, um, that's really just how it goes. And I can't, I can't speak for every, uh, shop that's on the reservation near me. There are multiple shops out there. It's just the one that we go to, um, is, is just fantastic, you know? And I think that's, a a great example of this kind of this civil disobedience, but in all the right ways for all the right reasons. Yeah. And I, I guess I, I, the, the, the civil, civil disobedience aspect of this is uh, I, I think that um, I, I can see how easily this gets called into question, but I, I imagine there are plenty of shop owners who are still operating sort of in defiance of uh, the federal regulations that probably don't even think about it as taking a stand or, you know, they're, no, they're really they're, just doing their job and, and they, yeah. they want to help their, their community members. And they think that the regulations are wrong, but it's, it's for them, it's, it's more of just, you know, business as usual. I don't yeah. know that, that I, um, significant is stand. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, like, uh, you know, if you're knowingly breaking a law that you believe to be unjust for the right reasons, that's that's civil disobedience at its heart. And that's just the most punk rock thing I can think of. And I love it so much. So thank you for everybody out there doing that. Um, but 
Yeah, how many how many vape shop owners uh, invested everything, everything they had into opening a vape shop to serve and help their community and help their friends and family quit smoking? And then you're faced with that choice of shuttering your doors and losing everything that you you've you've worked for, that you've put all of your money into your time and trying to start over for a lot of people. That's also just not an option. So business as usual has to be the option for as long as it can be, um, you know, and I, I think that's I think that's a very real uh, situation for a lot of folks as well as it's not necessarily, you know, F these regulations, F the government, you know, I'm going to keep helping people because it's the right thing to do. It's this is my only option. This is what I've invested my everything into. Uh, and I, I have to do this until I can't. I think that's a very real situation for people as well, too. So, yeah. And I, I do want to clarify, because um, first of all, Fa of the Q-Tube family is is Q-Tube, not T-Ube. Um, there's a typo there. So I'm glad we got I that. still like T-Ube better. <laughs> it rolls off the tongue weird, but it works. Um, and then, of course, just to clarify that the, the 2019 uh, ban in Massachusetts, that was the sales ban that was in response to the lung injuries, not the flavor ban that was eventually passed. So um, that was another that was an example of, of uh, the state going um, just batshit crazy over uh something they didn't understand uh and um and of course uh thc products were allowed back on the market before vapor products were that's sure. interesting yeah and, um, and mark's mark is correct yep um <clears throat> so oh yeah about that um that uh vape shops uh, i'll read this for folks who are just listening technically uh every u.s vape shop is already in violation of federal regs if they sell open systems or disposable anything other than views or enjoy basically that comment from mark thank you for clarifying that um one thing we, we are coming up on the end here i i did uh this it's just us talking about illicit markets and civil disobedience so um we weren't gonna go for too long today but um i did kind of want to make a point that since we were talking about shopping on the reservation um you know, the FDA has released a, a new campaign targeted at um, indigenous Alaskan youth, I believe. Um, it's pretty specifically targeted to Alaska, um, but it is targeting our, our indigenous community. And um, there is a, 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 a small, slowly growing movement uh, among uh, indigenous people who are involved in tobacco control. And it is this idea of returning tobacco back to its sort of sacred uses and roots, um, which I find it interesting that, um, I mean, that's a very legitimate point of view. I, I totally appreciate it. And I think, you know, it, it, it is actually more in line with um, sort of adjusting and educating uh, ourselves on how to use drugs and, and that these substances need to be treated with respect. Um, sure. and, uh, but, uh, the other part of this is that, you know, the FDA guy who spoke at e-cigarette summit, uh, had really no hesitation in stating that tobacco has absolutely no redeeming value whatsoever. And, uh, that seems to be absolutely contrary to anyone in the indigenous community advocating to, preserve it as a, 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 a sacred plant 
that is used in, in ceremonies and, 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 and other, you know, sort of infrequent um, practices. Um, yeah, religious and otherwise. I, I had two words yeah. that went to that. Spiritual. And I, I, sorry, I spaced it. But yeah, um, I, I you know, I, this is this is this is a question for somebody from from the Native American communities. You know, how does that how does that make people feel when the federal regulator you're turning to uh, or that you're sort of hitching your wagon to 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 reduce the use of of, of tobacco or nicotine uh, turns around and says, uh, there is no redeeming quality to this plant that your culture has been using for centuries. Um, I, yeah. I just, there's some, there's a disconnect there and, and I don't yeah. see that it's, it's helpful. Well, I mean, really obviously that, that, that disconnect starts with a lack of respect for indigenous people, um, you know, and their, um, their spiritual connection or, or religious connections or, or whatnot to, to tobacco, um, like first and foremost, yeah, that's, that's where that comes from. Um, and I think that's also, uh, you know, FDA continuing to drill in this idea that again, tobacco has no redeeming qualities. Um, even though, uh, indigenous and non-indigenous people have been using tobacco for a really, really long time because of its redeeming qualities. Um, so yeah, or at least, you know, using nicotine for its redeeming qualities. So yeah, so, yeah, it's a massive, massive disconnect where they don't want to, uh, you know, give any weight to or recognize, um, I guess, people's, um, I don't have the right word for it here. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't have the right word for it here. It's on the tip of my tongue, but I just can't, I can't think of it. But uh but yeah, well, it's, I, it's just a, a massive lack of respect and acknowledgement from FDA because they just want to continue to hammer home that all tobacco bad. Yeah. That idea of, you know, all tobacco bad. That's it. There's, you know, they're, so, they're not I, going to or not willing to make an exception in, on in any way uh, for, you know, religious purposes or something like that, because then it's like, well, you can't just share a cookie with one kid in class. You now have to share a cookie with everybody. Now you have to start acknowledging these other exceptions and acknowledging well, these other things. And that's a, a domino effect for FDA that they don't want to deal with. They they do ultimately. And, and I mean, at least the laws do. Uh, federal laws acknowledge that, you know, some of this is not uh, applicable to, to native land and, and uh, you know, the, the I don't know if your tribal municipality is the right way to say it, but you know, on on tribal land, there are federal laws that don't have any 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 strength, and they do acknowledge, at least in some state laws, acknowledge you know smoking for um, you know religious or ceremonial purposes or theatrical productions. It's it's weird that they're on sort of the same level in the statute, but states do acknowledge stuff like that. So. Um, it, it, it is sort of ultimately the law does acknowledge it, but the campaigns, the, all of the campaigning right. coming from from health officials, it's because the campaigns are what people are going to see, like right. in mass, like that's what the people will see, not necessarily what's in, you know, subsection three, paragraph right. four of your state statute, which most right. people are not going to see. Yeah. So um, the 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 last thing I, I, I wanted to, to just bring up, and I, we talked about this beforehand. Um, Steve Toddenham uh, brought this up, and I've heard this from someone else this past week. Two new shops just opened up near me. I'm sure they don't have a clue about the laws. Um, and this is one of the things that has sort of been uh, shocking me for the past 
seven years, um, you know, following uh, FDA deeming being finalized in 2016, we would still get calls every now and then from somebody who says, I'm opening up a shop. What do I need to know? Um, first of all, we're not the trade association, so I'll give you that, yeah. that email address. Second of all, have you heard about the Food and Drug Administration? Um, and so there, there have been people opening up shops this whole time. Um, and uh, I guess the, the question here, and, and to kind of bounce it off of you, was you know, we've talked about the iron law of prohibition, that as you know, the stricter the regulations get, the stronger the drugs get. And so the, I think this is kind of part of this, that you know, the, the stricter the regulations get, the more likely we are to see people, you know, opening up actual businesses, but I suspect they're sort of dipping in and out of the market. Uh, and, you know, much like what we're seeing this, this whack-a-mole that we're going to keep playing with disposable products coming in from abroad, um, you know, the, the, the company name will change or, you know, these people will get in, they'll be there for a few months, maybe a year or two, and then they'll get out when they get caught. I don't know if they're budgeting for whatever, you know, monetary penalties are coming their way. Um, but, um, that is also a bit of a risk in that, you know, you, you have, uh, unscrupulous retailers who are, they're not really motivated to do things like, you know, check age, um, sure. or, or follow those rules. They may or may not care about the quality of the products that they're, they're selling, which again, just to emphasize for those joining late, we are talking mostly about the, the quality of the devices, not so much the liquid, which is very hard. Liquid is, is hard to screw up. Um, but I'm certainly, uh, if they're not manufactured in the right way, uh, there could be impurities in there. And actually the, the other person like that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the other person that I, I spoke to about this, um, was talking about shops who are, uh, allowing, they do the manufacturing on site. I don't know if it's the kind of squirt bottles that some places had where it basically looked like a bar behind yeah, the in-house squirt bottle liquid dude is how I quit smoking, man. Yeah. 20 milligram strawberry lemonade and I cloud chased it like crazy in-house because it was 10 bucks for a 60 mil bottle of it. It was great, you know? Yeah, I, I mean my my the 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 first real vape shop experience I had in New Jersey, uh, you know, they they were he was, you know, mixing a bottle on demand. Like, yeah, you know, that's, the samplers were there. Yeah. And if you wanted it, he'd go back, you know, what nicotine strength do you want? And, yeah. and do you want any extra girl. sweetener in there? You know, it was, it was, it was a la carte, man. It was great. That's how so, I quit smoking. So I've, I have a deep love and appreciation for, for, you know, uh, in-house liquids and, and stuff like that. It tends to be a much more affordable option for people, which can be a huge deterrent for people switching that out of the gate upfront cost of switching from smoking to vaping. If you buy a device, you buy a battery, you buy all the extra things that adds up really quickly. And so, uh, you know, the introduction with in-house liquids can be a really great way to kind of mitigate that cost. That was my reasoning initially. Um, and it, it, it definitely worked for me. It's helped. I don't know how many thousands of people, so yeah, I have a, I have a deep love and appreciation for for people still mix, mixing in house. I would say keep going um, and and just you know be responsible, be clean as clean as you possibly can be. Uh, you do still have a responsibility to keep your your customers and your community as safe as possible. Um, but I, you know out, outside of that, like it's liquid, man. It's 
Yeah. As long as you're I, in you a know, barrel I'd, I'd like to see, you know, I, I think, I, I think it would be, I mean, we're, we're sort of, uh, I'm, I am taking us a bit off topic, but not really. You know, I, I think I, I'd like, to, I never really saw anything wrong with, with in-house mixing, um, no. you know, as long as somebody is, is doing it in a sanitary way. And there are, I think, very simple standards to communicate to, to someone manufacturing like that, uh, that they sure. can, they can, you know, yeah. most kitchens can... that you go eat from are less clean. Um, I mix in my office on my desk, you know, without mm -hmm. gloves and I'm not making recommendations. You guys should, you know, wear gloves, do things the right way, um, and keep yourselves as safe as you can. But I've definitely mixed up a bottle of e-liquid right here at my desk with no gloves on, just chilling. And I vaped it and I did look, I didn't die. You know, I, yeah. there was, I had no issue. So again, I'm not condoning doing things, um, unsafely. We should all be, you know, trying to be as safe as we possibly can be, but to put those, those risks in perspective, um, I mean, it's, it's really not, uh, you know, if you're, if you're really concerned about, you know, um, the liquid, the in-house liquid that you might get from, from a shop, um, then don't buy it. You know, I guess it's it's like, you know, I can't stand the violence I see on this TV channel. Change the channel. Yeah. You know, you know, we we don't need to call any managers or anything like that about it. It's it's, yeah. it's going to be okay. And certainly not a cause for uh, stoking hysteria. Yeah, public about, hysteria. Uh, you know, and and this goes. This is not just. Uh, that's not just something directed at the the anti groups. I, I know that within the industry, people will. Uh, say things sure. in order to compete amongst themselves and, and you know, sort of discrediting yeah. or, or tarnishing the reputations of another type of establishment so that they, you know, they think that they're going to to bring all that business over to them. Um, it's it's not, uh, I don't know, it might, might be worth it for you on your books, but in terms of advancing the cause here of, of giving people options to quit smoking, uh, I don't yeah. think that serves uh, anybody's interests. Um, and so, you know, there, there is a, as we, you know, wind things down here today, um, you know, a word of, of, of caution, I guess, to, to our members sure. and, and folks who are in the industry, um, that, you know, be very careful about the talking points we align ourselves with. Um, and, and I think this, you know, the, the China fentanyl thing is, is going to be, I don't know how much longer this is going to go on. It's very obviously, uh, a, a, a partisan, talking set of talking points sure. um to drum up uh, uh fear and, and outrage issue uh political through the season and we're getting started um but you know really at the end of the day this has always been about giving people who smoke options to to move away from from combustion and and i think you know we i will we'll keep belaboring the point here you know, the the making a, a smoke-free nicotine product uh, is really not that difficult. There are, it, it, in, even if it's manufactured in uh, sort of a questionable type of scenario, which we don't want, uh, that's why we want the regulations to be more accessible. Yeah, and say um, all of this is, is an argument for better regulation uh, and, ultimately, and, a, yeah. and, a, and a fair playing field is, is really what all of this is about. And it's that's been the argument um, about, you know, every uh, banned and illicit substance. Um, we you talk about all these quality concerns, purity concerns, safety concerns, all of that can be answered in a fair 
responsible regular place um, as opposed to the path that we continue to go on. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, even if you are purchasing products uh, from uh, an illicit seller, um, you know, it's always going to be buyer beware. It doesn't matter whether you're going to Target or you're you're going to someone selling something out of the back of their car. Um, you know, be aware of what you're getting into. But um, nicotine products uh, that are not cigarettes are more likely to be safer than continuing to smoke almost no matter where you get them from. So um, and and that is, you know, this is the, the more that that FDA tightens the screws uh, and 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 really it seems that they've just picked the easiest thing. It's, it's not the easiest thing to deal with, but enforcement is something that they can do. Uh, to, to grab headlines and make it look like they're doing something productive uh, when the reality is that it's really just causing, at least on paper, more risk for consumers. Um, sure. and, and the people most harmed by this are folks who are just not even going to try switching to something uh, and they'll just keep buying cigarettes. Um, so um, with that, I, I hope this has been at least a, a thought-provoking conversation uh, and, and again, emphasizing that, you know, probably I, I have no read on this. Another, another thing that sort of came to light last week was I was trying to answer a question for a reporter who was asking, you know, how many manufacturers are, are, are making products for the U S market and how many retailers are there? And the answer is nobody really knows. There have been credible estimates over the years in terms of the size of the market and how much of it is closed systems versus the open systems and specialty retail shops. Um, and I would suspect that, you know, given FDA's inability to do their job, um, now most of the market is going to be <clears throat> um, open system products and, and disposable products that are, um, I mean, two completely different things, but all independent. These are not products coming from incumbent tobacco companies. Uh, they are coming from the independent vapor industry. Um, so uh, we, we've sort of, the pendulum has has shifted back from, uh, mm -hmm. you know, big tobacco products to the, the people who actually got the nicotine alternative, alternative nicotine industry started. Um, and I, I've completely lost any ending I had in, in mind for that particular stream of thought. Um, but so oh, you know, the, the, for the win, though, look, the, I'm I'm all for it. I, you know, especially when that civil disobedience is is rooted in uh, love and compassion and helping your community and and defying unjust laws for all the right reasons. Uh, I fully support it. I, 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 I back it all day, every day. It's the most punk rock, most loving thing that I can possibly think of. And so if that's you, if that if that's you out there doing it, keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. And thanks. thank you so, for it. I think that's a great note to end on. And I'm going to, I'm going to leave it to you to say all of the, all of the things. Spiel time. Cool. All of the things. I'm going to see if I can make everybody real proud on the board right now. Thank you everybody who tuned in today. Everybody out there, Janine, Mowgli, Duchess, uh, Glenn, Steve, everybody in chat today. Thank you guys so much for being here uh, and tuning in and being part of the conversation. Thank you to the replay crew. If you just finished this video up, you're a fantastic person. Thank you. Uh, if you have not yet visited kasa.org, this is where you this is where you're letting me down. 
this is you're breaking my heart right now head over to casada.org become a member today it's absolutely free we promise not to fill your inbox and your emails up every day just with what you need to know when you need to know it the most important things that are going on uh and while you're there if you've not yet submitted a testimony about your quitting smoking journey wherever you are at in that journey and what products you are using and which ways you are using to get there please share it every testimony counts we have over thirteen thousand. And it's a drop in the bucket for what we need. We need like 13 billion, you guys. So get to work, share your stories. They're the most valuable, important things that we have. Uh, while you're there, if you do or are so inclined uh, to hit up our donation box, that would be fantastic. So we can continue doing all of these things that we do. That way we can keep doing all of that stuff. And maybe uh, check out our merch while you're there. Danielle Jones, our president of the board, has designed some really awesome swag. You guys get to be walking billboards of tobacco harm reduction. So go check it out. Awesome stuff over on the CASA site. I believe we are here, same time, same place, two weeks from now. Remember, the show is every other Saturday nowadays, you guys. I think this year was the year we kind of switched. We were doing an every Saturday show for a long time it's exhausting we all just wanted to beat our heads against the computer so we took a step back we do a show every other week now it's a great time gives everybody a chance to reflect uh gives you know Kristen time to uh repost things and create cool content that goes out on social media and stuff like that share the stuff alex one more time before we go can you just recap those states that really need to be concerned about the active calls to action that we have out right now uh yeah i was actually just asking peggy at e-sig source uh if uh and I'm sorry that I misspelled plastic. Um, I do still have a bunch of battery cases uh, with CASA logos on them. They're the old CASA logos. Um, but uh, yeah, I, uh, hit me up on the DMs or send an email to aclark at casa.org. Slide and into Alex's I, DMs. I, I, I can work out some way to ship them to you. Yes, uh, Peggy, send me an email, aclark at casa.org. Um, I'll probably get to it on Monday or Tuesday. But if you want some, I can ship them to you. Um, there's, there's no cost. Uh, we, I will always ask if you wanted to cover, if you can cover the shipping. Um, but they are just occupying space in my closet right now and happy to ship them out. I have thousands. Yeah. I have thousands. Alex needs space for all of his killer art that he does. You guys <laughs> check out Alex's art. It's pretty dope. Thanks. Thank you. Um, but, uh, to, to answer your question, Logan, uh, yes, people in Maine, Louisiana, or Alabama go to our, go to the CASA website, uh, look under get involved. Uh, and state and local issues, uh, and you will see active calls to action. Uh, they may not have been updated with the most recent hearing information uh, because this is the end of the week and, and I'm about ready to not work for two days. So, um, uh, but uh, we will be updating those as things happen and they are active. So get your letters to lawmakers, fingers going, uh, Maine, Alabama, and Louisiana. Um, and I think that is a wrap. I think that's a wrap. My final thought is you don't have to wait for a call to action either, you guys. It is always a great time to reach out to your local lawmakers uh, and, and share your stories. It is always, always a good time to do that. You don't necessarily have to wait until shit hits the fan uh, to have your voice be heard. That's it. That's cool. it. I think we did all the stuff. I think we did all the things. We're out Everybody of here. Everybody enjoy you. your weekend. Yes, enjoy the rest of your weekend, you guys. Be excellent to each other. We will see you next time.